Hello, you are about to listen to another episode of Beyond Clean, a podcast where we talk about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. I am your host, Dave Thompson. Yes, we are in Season 4. We broadcast out of Orlando, Florida. This is where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. We would love to have you on the show, so reach out to me, D. Thompson at academyofcleaning.com or at 888-999-6059. Be sure to listen to our live streaming that we will be doing this year on Podbean. Now, for today's show, let's get started. Good morning, folks. This is Dave Thompson. We are here again once with you, well, on Podbean Live again this morning. I know it's a morning session. We do some of these in the afternoon. Folks, if you've been with us before, it doesn't matter what time of the day it is. Matter of fact, as we've talked many times, do we even know what day of the week it is or do we care? Uh, Many people still are working from home. Many people aren't even working. Many people have no idea what's coming up next. And if you've got kids, you're in one of these times right now where you're trying to figure out what the heck do we do and does anybody really know? Well, to that point, we've got Dr. Aaron with us. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, so, you know, hopefully somebody does. <laughs> well, now, 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 Aaron, why did we have you on the call today if you don't know what's going on? We need some direction here. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's, uh, boy, we sure do. You're right about that. Well, isn't this the issue? This is kind of some of what I want to talk about today, Aaron, is, you know, what? what is the... I mean, how do we disseminate the information that we're being given almost every 10 minutes, not every hour, every day, every 10 minutes? Yeah, Um, it it is a problem, a bigger problem than I think we can imagine. Uh, I'll give you a couple of of recent examples, I think. Um, All you have to do is look at the situation with COVID right now. All you have to do is turn on the television set and find anything about politics. uh, And you can immediately begin to see what's happening to us, both as a society and a nation. We're in a period, um, I think this is a, this isn't my idea. This goes back to a guy by the name of Neil Postman, which has to be one of the great names of all time. Uh, Because he never was a postman, but that's his real name was Neil Postman. (laughs) And um, he did a, a fascinating talk that I always remembered years ago. Year, I mean, and I'm talking back in the 1990s uh, for a group called the German Informatics Society. And don't ask me why I remember this. I have no clue. But uh, the, the topic, I thought, was just fascinating, and I've always kept it. And the title of his talk was Informing Ourselves to Death, <laughs> which right away, right, the top, I mean, the title attracts your attention because it's oh, yeah. like, what in the world is this guy going to talk about? Now, keep in mind, he's doing this back in the I 90s. Mean, it was the, the, the early 90s or the late 80s, before we really had an internet and podcasts and, uh, you know, 24-7 news cycles and all that type of thing. Now, you're really um, making me feel young right now. Yeah, I know. Me too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that and, you and I, that you and I didn't, we don't have to look in a, a book to remember this. We lived through that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Scary thought. Yeah. Thank you, thank you for making me feel old today, Dave. I hey, you know, hey, I got to put my parts <laughs> in here. Aaron. 
Oh man! Uh, so this was just as the um, as the internet was sort of in its infancy, and and really it was just more dealing with uh, information processing, IT. And I'm and, and by the way, when I'm talking here about computers, I'm talking about the old IBM system, 360, 370 mainframe systems, and all that. But yeah, uh, the time of the floppy disk. Yeah, and and he was kind of, but he was a sociologist, and he said is he he was kind of looking at this stuff, and he said, you know, he said the the problem is we're we're reaching an age of information, not overload, but overwhelm. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it's easy to overload because the best, the best listener listening to this podcast can keep seven thoughts in his or her head simultaneously. That's the best human being out there. Mm. Uh, the average okay, so you're saying, you're saying that I might not be the best, so I'm only probably going <laughs> to do it three or I four. Can't, I can't do it either, so don't feel bad. Okay, um, all right. Because the average human being on the old bell curve, the average human being can only do five. And, ah. if you want to, and if you want to get 90% of the population, don't ever give them more than three. They can't keep more than three ideas going simultaneously. So okay, brain- so this is, this is why they always tell us, you know, in a sales presentation, you know, never um, have more than three things that you're three going points. to present to the client because they can't. So now I'm learning something I didn't know. Well, gee, that's what a podcast is all about, right? You got it right. Yep. And, and that's exactly right. I have a, a, several close friends who are ministers over the years. And one of them actually told me that uh, it's the same thing when they're in seminary and they're, they're teaching them how to give a sermon. And they always tell them a good sermon should not have more than three points. And you begin to understand what the rationale for that is, that, that don't give them more than their brain can handle. And that's just, that's biology. It's the way it is. That's not good or bad. It's just, that's how the brain comes wired. So, so we're getting more than that. And so this is what's causing some of our issues. That's right. Not, so we've gone well beyond overload. <laughs> and his point was we've gone into this, this era called overwhelm. And, and there's a, a nifty little study, by the way, that you can do uh, just with friends sometime. Um, I've done it with students to illustrate this, and it works really well. Um, take a deck of cards, a brand new deck, prefer- preferably is what you want, right out of the box, okay? And if you know when you buy a, a set of bicycle playing cards, right, they're all in order. So, you know, ace through king and all the suits, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, get sit across the table from somebody and say, hey, I'm going to, and then I'm going to show you a deck of cards. I want you to tell me what you see. And before you show them the deck of cards, take one card out of the deck and put it in someplace else. So there's one card in the deck that's out of place. Mm-hmm. And then take those 50, deck of 52 cards and lay them down real fast in front of the other person. So, you know, ace, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, jack, queen, king, ace, two, eight, three, four, five, six, seven, and do that. And when you're done, say to them, what did you see? And what they will say, 95, 98, 99% of the time is they will say, well, the eight of hearts was out of place. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then take that same deck, shuffle it several times. And say, okay, I'm going to show you the same deck of cards again. I want you to tell me what you see. Now, all you do is you're, you're flipping random cards down in front of them, okay? And when you're done, ask them, what did you see? Here's the fascinating part. They look at you and they go, nothing. And you sit there and you think, and, and, and then you say to them, no, you just saw the same deck of 52 cards. What was different between the first one and the second one? And in the first one, we have this mental framework, and that's, that's really the thing that we might want to talk about a little bit here, too, or what we call heuristics or biases. 
uh, these mental frameworks that we create that help us see the world. And we have a, a heuristic for a card deck. We all know that most human beings know what a typical de deck of cards is like. So when you start flipping the cards down and they realize, okay, this card deck is coming down in order, and then there's one card that's out of place, that's called figure ground. The figure stands out from the ground, and so the brain pays attention to it. And okay. so they say, okay, the eight of hearts was out of place. Then when you show them the random deck, and you say, what did you see? But the fascinating part is when you do that, they have no model or heuristic for that. We have no model for a random deck of cards. And so when you say to them, what did you see? They say nothing. But in fact, reality, you saw the same deck of 52 cards. The brain and what just really, doesn't apprehend that. Well, and what you actually did see is you saw every one of them shuffled in out of place. And Correct. they don't even see that. They, they don't, don't see, see the. That. They, yeah, they don't see the obvious thing they picked up before. They don't recognize that because now it's all shuffled. It's not in order anymore, but they still can't comprehend and articulate that. Exactly. Okay. Now, here's the really, really interesting thing that Neil Postman did with that illustration and this idea of heuristics is he said, when we get into an era of information overwhelm, we don't have enough mental models. We don't have enough heuristics to enable us to make sense of what's happening. And so nothing makes sense anymore. Nothing matters. Nothing is important. And he used an illustration and, and I, don't always like to use it because it's somewhat, it seems somewhat painful, but he said, you know, if you go back 40 or 50 years when you and I were considerably younger, <laughs> uh, if, a, if, a, if a child went missing, that was headline news, right? Uh, Eight-year-old right. go, eight goes, goes missing, seven-year-old goes missing, you know, child is- Almost is, everything stopped. Yeah, Right. What, and his point was, he said, what do we do today? You know, it rolled 24-hour news cycles, right? Here it comes. Oh, Amber Alert. Yeah, okay. Another kid went missing. Mm, okay. Gee, I wonder how my baseball team did today. I mean, we just, the brain moves right on. It doesn't right. know what to pay attention to and what not to pay attention to because it's overwhelmed. Now, take what Postman was doing and multiply that overwhelm by a factor of 100, 1,000. <laughs> Right. With the internet, with with tweets, with I mean, it's it's downright scary to me uh, when you've got people making a comment or, or a video, you know, goes, quote unquote, viral. And you've got hundreds of people that are instantly, you know, launching all these tweets. You know, Dave, it's, it's costing people their jobs. It's oh, yes. People their livelihoods. You know, one one chance comment. And all of a sudden you get. You get bombed in the Twitterverse, and boom, and you're, you're out. Fired. And, right, you, you've you've just created, you know, social suicide. Yeah, I mean, this is this is nuts because it's the brain reacting in the moment uh, and not seeing the larger patterns. Uh, you know, we talk about this is why you study history. This is why you study. Um, this is why you read biographies, right? I mean, in a sense, the problem is there's nothing new under the sun, but we just don't see the patterns anymore because we don't have a basis for under, there's no framework there to help me understand the patterns. Well, I think this goes, your, your conversation there, Aaron, goes very much to what I heard even on the news this morning, as we all do, we're all at home and, you know, it seems like it's running in the background, but, you know, a gentleman said, folks, you got to remember, 
we're dealing with a novel virus, uh, which means we've only been working with this for six months. Don't expect us to know everything right now. But this is what what we're trying to do. We've got into this, um, I want to say cycle, maybe you have a different word, but where we believe that everything should be handled right now and you should know everything. And that's this information. Uh, uh, well, I actually call it misinformation that we're mm -hmm. getting so much of these days. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's very true. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that is the thing to keep in mind. Um, although there are, there are, some, again, you want to see heuristics in action. There's some interesting phenomenon already coming out with this. Um, there was a, uh, I, I was reading a piece and, uh, a statistician. Now, these are people who make their living, right? Looking at data and numbers and patterns. Oh, my. Uh, and he, he made the observation, though, that in a poll that was done here in the U.S., 13% of the people in the United States believed that they either had or had had uh, COVID-19. And as a statistician, he's looking at it and he's saying, okay, folks, that's impossible. I mean, mathematically, there's no way that 13% of the population could have had COVID-19. Right now, even with all of the, the data that we have available today in the U.S., it's still less than 1% of the population is tested positive. Now, we could debate, you know, the tests and all that type of thing. But his point was, if you look at the data, 1% of the population is tested positive, but 13% of the people believe they either have it or have had it. Now, what's going on? Because, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. st statistically, that is significant. And so his point was, you know, his point was, with all the information that's being pumped at people, people immediately think, oh, gee, yeah, I had that. I must have had it. And it's, it's there. It's in front of our face. And so we react to the information instead of to the reality. You know, I, I used to tell students all the time, I said, you know, you heard that old saying, you know, uh, perception is reality. Mm -hmm. that's, one of the, that's, that's one of the worst things you can tell somebody. Because perception, to your point, Dave, perception can be so influenced by information, misinformation, and our decision heuristics that it has no basis in reality whatsoever. Okay, now, you're going to get you're going to get me on my soapbox here pretty quick. If now, if you want to say to me, people respond to their perceptions instead of reality, I would absolutely agree with you. But when people say that perception is reality, you know, I tell them all the time, I say, well, I tell you what, you can perceive all you want to that gravity doesn't exist. But if you, ju if, but if you jump off the roof of your house, it's going to, you know, that sudden stop is really, is really going to be a bummer. Your perception isn't going to help you at all. That's right. The perception doesn't, you know, you, you can perceive whatever you want, but that's not reality. And, and the danger is when we start reacting to our perceptions. Okay, so so this is where I got I got to open up my mouth here a little bit on this one. I, you know, I, I you know because this is what we're dealing with in the cleaning industry, Aaron, and this is why I so love your conversations because you bring about a a clinical viewpoint to the challenges that I'm having here at the academy right now, okay. and and this is the constant flow of people that are misinformed by marketing. And I'm just going to say that right straight out, because what we're seeing is, and I don't mean 
intentional marketing uh, always. Now I'm going to qualify that just a little bit. Whenever we throw a video out, because we are, you know, hey, we're, we're, we're learners that we see, we learn. We watch and we learn from what is there, not maybe what is said or what is in print as much. So this, folks, what I'm saying here is when a video is put out, people are seeing everything. And this is what is happening in our environment today is that they're seeing these devices, and I'm not going to point out anything in particular, and they think the only way that they can do it is to have this device. I mean, to the point, Aaron, I am getting people that are saying, I can't get this device. How do I clean? <laughs> now, let's just think about that for a moment. Yeah. It is, it is simply an application device that applies a liquid. It doesn't do anything more than that. But these people have been marketed to and believe that they can't do this. I, I talked with uh, people from the city of New York yesterday and she's getting ready to spend not a couple hundred, not a couple thousand, but several thousand dollars to educate people. And the misinformation <clears throat> that she said in the first three minutes of our conversation took me almost 10 minutes to reverse. Yeah because she believes it because somebody put it in a video and somebody shared that with her and she doesn't know she's never been formally educated. So she just believes what she's seen. Aaron, what do we do with all of this? How do we. Great question. Yeah. You see the um, frustration. Oh yeah, I, I sure do. Um, there's a great, by the way, if you if you come across it and you want everyone to use this in a presentation, it's a, one of these little memes that's out, speaking of the internet, uh, but it's got a, a photograph of, of Abraham Lincoln. I use this in one of my presentations and it says, uh, you know, something, and, and there's, I don't have, I'm not going to get this exactly right, but it's something to the effect that, um, you know, only believe 20% of what you read on the internet and then it's hyphen Abraham Lincoln has a picture of Lincoln next to it, like it's a quote. And it's scary how many people look at that and think, oh, wow, Lincoln must have said that, you know, and it's just, right. right. There is there was no Internet when Abraham Lincoln. Come on, people. But, Correct. But, but, you know, and it's trying to make that point that, you know, people mm -hmm. just if this was on, if this was on the Internet, if somebody posted this video, it must be true. Um, by the way, I'm trying to remember what the term is. There's a new new term I just saw for it, which is now the ability that we have. Oh no! You and another, you and another term I've got to learn, Aaron. No, this is I. I, I can't. It, it's they, somebody. They got a cute little term or buzzword for it. But at any rate, the, what they're worried about now is the ability of people to take a video and then take it home and edit it, and all of a sudden you look like, you know, the biggest moron, or you look like a, a racist, or you look like a, uh, you know, you oh, pick your my. poison kind of thing, uh, and it's the old seeing is believing. And they say, well, there it is. I mean, there he is on the video saying it without any context. And <clears throat> by the way, that's the issue with the cards again. Let me go back to that for just half one second, right? Okay. The cards create a context. And so when one's out of place, we notice it. We have no context anymore. Mm -hmm. The reason we have no context is because we get everything thrown at us. So how do I know if I to believe what's true? And, and so you know, well, he, he's, there he is. He said it on video. It must be true. 
but you're not getting the context of what was being said at the time. You're only getting that, you know, 10 second sound bite, which is how we get most of our information anyway. Um, and, it's a, and that's it's a what, huge problem. That's what was so interesting with this conversation. And, and, and um, the lady actually said, she said, the only reason I'm calling you, because that's what I asked her. I said, so why are you calling me and, and asking if you were ready to purchase your education somewhere else, then how did you come about us? And why are you calling me? If you were that close to just, you know, laying the dollars on the table, she said, because one of our members actually attended one of your classes and said they had never heard anybody talk and present in that much common sense. Okay. There you go. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. So see that she, she, she had a point of reference. She had some yep. context there. Yep. And she said, she, she actually told me after a little while, she said, I'm going to be very honest with you. I didn't want to call you because the first thing I thought was that you were just going to market to me and you were going to try to sell me. Mm -hmm. And I told her right there, I said, you know, I, I said, ma'am, here's the thing. If you never buy anything from us, you have just made my day. And she was like, you heard this pause on the phone. <laughs> sure. And I said, because what you just told me is the reason that we here at the Academy put out the education that we do the way that we do and why ours is different. It doesn't have to be because we're the na a national non-for-profit or whatever it is that people believe you have to be in order to be understood and heard. I don't know why that is. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, you know, the thing here is, as I said, what you've just told me is that this person took away from the class the reason that we put it out, and that is to make common sense of what is going on, and was so impressed with it that they told you and you've called us. This goes back to essentially the word of mouth, you know, and, and, and this is the best form of marketing for the right reason, and she, she was like, I know exactly what I need to do, mm -hmm. and I was like, now the pause is on me. She mm -hmm. says, we're not going to buy from the other people. We'll be talking to you a little bit later. Because she had a point of context. She had something to grab hold of. And I think that's what you're talking about with a deck of cards. You know, she knew that she needed something, but she couldn't focus on, on anything but the one thing. But she wasn't ready to do it. I said, how long have you been ready? She says, well, we've been trying to figure out what to do for the last year. Wow. Now, I mean, you know, these are the things, but here's the, here's the issue though, Aaron, there is so much misinformation out there that people are believing this. And what we're struggling with here at the Academy is just simply, how do we get to all of these people and we correct this? Uh, you know, I had a guy on LinkedIn. He was just kind of, um, well, he was very upset with me. Because every time I see you post something, you're, you're dinging somebody because they did something wrong on there. And I said, well, you know, the thing about it is somebody's got to start speaking up for what we are not doing right. Uh, you know, and this is one of my little pet peeves. You know, everybody likes something. You know, they hit the little like button. Mm -hmm. But they don't read what is actually there. They just read the headline. They never read the content. They never watch the content. And I guess before I'm going to hit that like button, which is what you said a little bit ago, you know, before I react, I'm going to make sure I'm reacting the correct way. 
And yeah. so, uh, you know, recently I, I had a, a service up in Chicago that I've been working with for well over six months and uh, they put out a video and the guy contacted me, says, you kind of crucified me. I says, no, I would just point out what was obvious to me. If you want to think that that was crucifying, you know, but what it did is it got you to call me so that we can correct that if you're willing. Well, we've been working on everything and they just put out a video. I'm going to be publishing it today that has got the, the video in the right way. It's saying the right things. Now, it's not exactly 100% Aaron what I would say, and I wouldn't expect it to, and that's the beauty of this. Sure. Sure. Yeah, there's always, there's always going to be individual twists that are unique because of our experience. But, uh, the, you know, the, prob the problem is really we only know our own experience, right? And so we don't, un unless you make an effort to learn from other people's experience, which is what books and videos and, and you know, news articles and things like that are for, um, we automatically assume, and this is one of our great biases as human beings, that uh, if, if, it's, if I don't know it, well, then it's not relevant. If it's not something I've learned, if it's not something that's within my experience base, then who cares? Uh, and that's a huge limiting factor in our ability to make good decisions. Uh, and, and, and what we tend to do, and we're seeing it, by the way, to the point you raised earlier. Uh, now we've got, you're right, it's a novel, new, meaning new, coronavirus. Uh, and so we know that we don't know everything about it. So we turn to the quote unquote experts and we say, well, the experts will tell us what to do. Okay, the experts don't know any more than you or I do, really, at some point, right? Because they're all, it's new to them, just like it's new to us. They haven't developed the body of knowledge yet that they can go out and they can share and say, hey, here's, here's what in fact works and here's what doesn't work. And that's the great, by the way, that's the great test of reality. Does it work, right? When we were talking just a second ago, I said, you know, there's a lot of people in the world that are reality impaired. I mean, they're, they're mm -hmm. working off their perceptions. Right. The great test of reality is, does it work? You know, a number of years ago when we were out in, in Jackson, Wyoming, we, we took a tram ride in the summertime up to the top of the mountain just to get the view. And uh, at Grand Teton there, they do a mountain climbing class during the summertime for people. And uh, the guy in the tram said, yeah, we lost a couple of climbers uh, Couple, couple of train, couple of students. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, he said they, you know, came came off the mountain, didn't didn't do what they were told, and he said we have a saying in mountain climbing: gravity always wins. Yep. Um, and you know, there's that's that's the reality part of it, right? It, it, gravity will always work. I mean, there's certain things that work, and they work based upon experience. The frustration we have right now on the COVID thing is we have no experience. So even the experts, quote unquote are at some point guessing because there's no data, there's no experience, there's no information. And the danger, in your, and you got it exactly right, in an internet, in a tweet world, the danger is somebody comes up with something, publishes an article, boom, it's out there and next thing you know, it's gone viral or it's gone worse than that. You know, it's, it's hit the media channels and everybody's now spouting the, the conventional truth or the conventional wisdom and then 90 days later, 120 days later, a year later, somebody comes along and says, you know what? Uh, that's really not true. 
and everybody's <laughs> what? I thought I thought that was, um, you know, it, it, you get a chance sometime go on the internet and look up um, things people believe are true but aren't. Just do a Google search on that and see these common misperceptions. You know, things like um, uh, coffee's made from beans. Coffee's made from seeds that are called beans, but it's actually a seed. It's not a bean. Okay. Uh, and yet we use that phrase all the time. You know, we're going to grind coffee beans. No, you're actually going to grind seeds, but you know, let's not go there right now because that's, you know, that's our vernacular. Um, you know, those, that, those are the things that kind of open your eyes and you think, really, I always thought this was true. And then you read it and you say, no, we don't really know that. And, and it's, that's where we are right now. And to your point in the cleaning industry, uh, yeah, you get the danger is once that piece of information gets out there and says that this is the only way you can disinfect and I've got it locked in my head. Now you got to do now you got to figure out how to change my framework. Good luck with that. That's extremely difficult. Folks, we are sponsored and uh, powered by Jim Supply. They are a provider of. Uh, well, I think their moniker is we save lives with cleaning supplies. They've been doing this since 1930 here in Central Florida. They give us the ability to do this podcast, and we're very grateful for that. So, uh, folks, if you're in the Jansan industry listening to this podcast, you know what? We are challenged in all kinds of ways to distribution on everything. Uh, try to get some gloves to protect your hands these days. It's one of those commodities that's extremely hard. So keep on fighting the fight. Try to get those uh, goods. By all means, include your distributor these days in your team to, uh, well, put together a good team for safe and healthy environmental control. Aaron, I want to talk about what you just said just a little bit before that, because this is the challenge that we have. And it's starting to filter through. I'm seeing some of this. Six months ago, we had this problem. You and I talked about this back in February, that people think that disinfection is just simply spraying something on and wiping it off. And that is not true. And so some of the things that we're hearing, we just wrote a course and published it this week, Aaron, cooperative cleaning. People that are now being asked, to join the cleaning team to help because we can't get enough cleaners in there. And I think this is predominantly what's going to be challenge of the schools this fall. When oh, yeah. and if they do open, teachers are now being asked. So this is why we wrote the course. And one of the things I want to say here on the podcast is, folks, whatever cleaning product that you're using, whether you're using it at home or commercially, read the freaking label. <laughs> That's the best way I can say this because I would like to say some other things, folks, and you understand <laughs> this, but my, my, my point to this, and I'm not trying to be critical of any one certain product in this, Aaron, but I have to mention a product by name simply because it's the most widely recognized product that you see being used today. Clorox disinfecting wipes. Mm -hmm. Folks, if you're using them, read the directions. <laughs> because one of the things that we want to point out on that is that it says right on the labeling, if this product comes in contact with your skin, wash hands thoroughly. And my point to this, Aaron, is back to this perception that you mentioned, is that we perceive because the 
advertisement showed simply pulling it out of the container, wiping it, and it said disinfecting. That's all we need to do. So we perceive that we know everything we need to do. And now what we're fighting is what you're actually doing is if you should wash your hands with soap and water after it comes to contact with your skin, Aaron, what are you leaving on the surface? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, you, know, you um, and I, you, you and I started a conversation many, well, now uh, <clears throat> a couple of years ago, yeah. based on one of the very simple pragmatic questions, right? Yep. Yep. Folks, what I I'm saying here well. live on the air this, this morning is read the instructions. It also says that if that surface may, may come in contact with food, that it should be rinsed. So teachers, if you're going to go into the classroom and use these pop-up wipes, no matter who it is, read the directions because it says that it should be rinsed. Now, tell me what we're fighting now is whether Johnny or Mary or Sam or Joe puts their hands on it and then puts their hands on their face and rubs their eye. Now that product is in on their body. But right. you know what? My point is this. Who doesn't eat at their desk these days? Mm -hmm. Who doesn't mm -hmm. consume a snack or something? So, folks, read the directions. Now, you can use this at home as well as you can commercially. We cannot go into a situation here where we start giving people disinfectants. And this is what you're starting to see. But we've talked about this for six months. We're now starting to see the overuse of disinfectants creating yeah. more issues. Okay. Okay. That's, so now that, I had my soapbox. Thank you, Aaron, for letting me get in my soapbox. I'll back off a little bit. No, 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 Dave. I think that's fascinating. I mean, um, you know, when, when, and again, I'm just, I'm using it because it's the common name here. Uh, but when I recall when, you know, Purell first came out or, and, and I'm just going to use the generic term hand sanitizers, right? Right. And right. Now we're all being told to use hand sanitizers, which is wonderful. Uh, but to your point, uh, when it first came out, all of a sudden there was this note that, you know, children would use a hand sanitizer and then start eating a bag of Skittles. Well, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, take the Skittles, pour them into their palm and then take their fingers and eat, you know, pop them into their mouth one at a time. And in effect, you're, you're eating the hand sanitizer. Now, if you look at the hand sanitizer, it typically says, to your point, it typically says on the label, you know, don't drink this, don't consume this, don't put this in your mouth. But when you put it on the Skittle and you put it in your mouth, it's getting there, right? Uh -huh. And it's just, um, yeah, I, that's, uh, you know, and you tell people all the time, there's a reason we keep saying soap and water, soap and water, soap and water, you know, there's a... There's a, a lot of experience. There's a lot of data. There's a lot of information about why that works so good. But the theory is, well, no, I'll just, like you said, I'll just wipe the desk down and I'll be good. Okay. So no, you're not, you're leaving. So, that so I got, I, I got to follow that one. I got to follow that one too, Aaron. All right. Go. Folks, if you walk into a school <clears throat> You cannot make me believe that soap and water is not available. Right. So why is instant hand sanitizer in the building? Yep. What we have gotten into 
is we are not paying attention. Just the same as the experts tell us to use a mask when social distancing isn't possible. Right. And so what you're now seeing people that are, are having respiratory issues because they're breathing their own carbon monoxide every day, all day long, 24 seven. I even have heard people go to sleep with the freaking mask on. (laughs) Now as a COPD sufferer myself, I can't wear a mask at any time. I breathe through a mask 24-7 all the time. So if you see me walking around, folks, without a mask, it's not because I'm an idiot. It's not because I don't care about you or myself. It's because I can't breathe through one. There are many people on the planet that suffer from all kinds of respiratory ailments, just like mine. I'm I'm not unique or unusual. But folks... If soap and water, as you just said, Aaron, is what the experts tell us to do, why are we then not taking a bath in a disinfectant if we believe that the disinfectant is what we have to use on all the surfaces? (laughs) That's a great question. (laughs) If soap and water can clean your skin, which is... Well, um, a microbial uh, soup. I mean, I mean, you're made of microbes. Your bacteria and viruses live on you all the time, folks. Hate to tell you this. If you didn't have bacteria, you would die. If soap and water is good enough on my hands, and if soap and water is good enough on my dishes, the key thing here with both of these, Aaron, is we rinse. And we do it frequently. Folks, what I'm saying right here live on the air this morning It's frequency. We need to quit using disinfectants and toxic chemicals indiscriminately and go back to cleaning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yet we have people that are marketing and we have, and, and I see we have a listener that's joined us and has been putting up things. Thank you very much, Joseph. I appreciate your comments. If you want to get on the air, Joseph, just call in. We'll, you know, hey, we'd love to talk with people live on there. So, uh, you know, if you want to give a call in, uh, I'm sure that Aaron and I'd love to talk with you live on the air. Um, but my point is, this video that these these people put out. The last thing that was the best thing is after their cleaning and after their disinfection, and they showed all of the way they do it and the PPE and everything like that. They rinse, mm-hmm. folks. Whatever you're doing. The point that I want to make here is use some common sense. How come we forgot common sense, Aaron? <laughs> or, did, uh, or, or, is, or is that an oxymoron? Does it not exist anymore? Well, you, well, here's the thing, right? As I tell people, um, common sense, one, once, once you get the idea, then, mm-hmm. well, yeah, that's just common sense. But it wasn't until somebody gave you that idea. So that's the first right. thing you got to keep in mind. So where did we come up with the term common sense? How did that ever get, I mean, you're a historian. Well, what it is, is it's really, um, common sense is just, it's a term that we use for something that is generally, it's a generally accepted principle, right? Uh, There's a, uh, it's it's one of those generally accepted truths or generally accepted principles that everybody kind of heard or remembers hearing from, you know, usually tribal knowledge type of thing from their parents. Uh, 
you know, uh, I mean, remember the old, uh, you and I, again, I'm going to bet money here. You and I are old enough to remember when our moms would tell us she never went in the pool uh, a half hour after eating a big lunch. Oh, yeah. Never went, in, never went in the water, went in the ocean. Well, it turns out that's that's one of those cases, by the way, where it's not true. Uh, you, you can cramp just as easily, uh, you know, two hours or four hours later. But, you know, it, it became sort of that tribal knowledge and everybody just sort of accepted it. Now, there are, by the way, some other things that are out there that are, in fact, common sense that people don't like, that they uh, that we do ignore and, and much to our chagrin, I think, or to our detriment sometimes. But, um, you know, the... The issue for me, Dave, is trying to get people to look past the immediate and the self-evident and try to ask yourself, back to this reality thing, what's really going on here? So what I find fascinating about some of the stuff that you're sharing right now is that we have known reality is, uh, you know, why does, why does a nurse, when she goes into a room, wash her with a patient, new patient? Why do they wash their hands? Why does a doctor come in and wash their hands? Why, when I go for my annual physical and my doctor comes in, does he wash his hands? Okay. What's the issue with the hand sanitizer? Well, it's quick. It's dirty. It's, it's convenient. I can walk in, boom, hit it. Five seconds later, I can, as a matter of fact, I can walk in, put my hand under it, get a little sanitizer, wipe, rub my hands together. And by the time I get to the room, to the classroom, okay, my hands are clean, right? Now, mm. by the way, in the process of doing that, I have just walked past the restroom. Mm -hmm. Now, I could have gone in the restroom and I could have washed my hands for 20 seconds and rinsed them properly, dried them properly, gone into the room. But that would take like, you know, a minute, minute and a half out of my life. So it's a lot easier to just stick my hand under the sanitizer and think I'm good without thinking about the effects that that's going to have down the line. Because I'm in the moment. I just want something now that's going to take care of it. And, and, you know, I, I just, I'm like you, I just, I freak out because it's just folks, there's, there's just do, do the right thing. My, my son will tell you, I've been frustrated lately with this because uh, we've been going, talking about some issues that, that he's running up against. And I finally told him, I said, you know, it's not you, Andre. I said, I'm just, I'm tired of looking at people and saying, would you just do the right thing? <laughs> okay. Aaron, yet, uh the problem is they don't, you have to be a little sensitive, right? I have to, I, I have to be more understanding because it's, they've got so much information coming at them. They've been bombarded with so much stuff that for them to figure out well, what is the right thing here, can't do well, it. Aaron, I got to tell you, Joseph has been very patient and has been watching and listening and making some comments and he's called in. Joseph, are you with us? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? I yeah. can hear you. We were Thanks. we would we'd love to hear more about what you're thinking right now. So first, uh, thank you very much for allowing me to call in and, and taking my my call. Uh, I've just came across your podcast by accident and decided to listen in. I'm hearing you on Podbean, uh, and I agree with a lot of what you're saying. And I think one of one of the issues. Um, I'm a, a, a consultant myself. <clears throat> I'm in the business of training and learning. Uh, but what I see a lot of people do is a lot of what you're talking about is uh, people hear something and they buy into it so very, very quickly. The idea of Abraham Lincoln said this on the Internet. You see a story and everybody jumps on it. Um, and, and people don't think. They just simply react. And I think part of that is because we've gotten so used to uh, 24 by 7 news pushing things out so quickly 
And I tell people, including my daughter, uh, <laughs> who sometimes buys into a lot of this stuff, I say, wait a couple of days. Give it three or four days. Usually by that time, you start to hear other pieces of the story come out that you didn't hear originally. And within a week, like you said, you hear much, much more. So people need to stop and think and not react too too much to things that you gotta you gotta take a step back and 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 this unfortunately uh, I see this a lot more with our younger people today. Um, they just just react. They don't stop and think. Uh, second point is dealing with the whole disinfected issue. I agree with you. I'm a a Boy Scout leader and I've been a Scout leader for almost forty years. And soap and water is really the best way to do it. Now, there are times that you don't have access to soap and water. I will be the first one to say that you're out camping somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and, you know, a hand sanitizer is probably going to be your best thing. But, yes, you're correct. You have to be careful about that sort of stuff. I've seen too many instances, and I've done it myself, where I thought this little spray bottle was actually a uh, a mouthwash it and I sprayed it into my mouth and I go, oh, it's hand sanitizer because of the way that it's designed. I, I, I got this one at work when I worked for my previous organization. They gave out these little things and I said, oh, this is cool. It's mouthwash. It wasn't green. It was clear. And I took a shot of it. And I go, oh, this is horrible. This is disinfectant. It's hand sanitizer. But it wasn't very clear on the packaging. So uh, I just wanted to comment on one or the, two of those things. I appreciate you guys giving me the time to um, voice my opinion, taking my call. I've enjoyed your show so far. I followed your show, and uh, and I hope to pick it up again. If you don't mind me asking, gentlemen, uh, and I'm not using the term loosely, uh, <laughs> is can um, can you tell me a little bit more about your show? And I, and I apologize for breaking the the, the fruit rhythm of the show by asking that question. oh don't no 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 joseph don't and don't go anywhere don't just run off on us all of a sudden um, no 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 i'm not i'm just i'm gonna sit here and listen but can you tell me a little bit more about your show if you don't mind me asking well what we do here at the academy of cleaning excellence is we instruct individuals as to um well professional development for the cleaning industry okay our show here on Podbean live that we do uh, on occasion is all about something that is healthy, positive, and proactive. If it isn't, we really don't want to talk about it. So we're kind of on an edge of that a little bit today because mm -hmm. we're talking about misinformation stuff, but mm -hmm. this all brings about a positive conversation that you and, and Aaron and I are having is we need to be informed from a professional viewpoint, and I think this is what it is. Now, personal things do, you know, hey, mm -hmm. we, we do throw a little bit of that in there. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing here is, is we want people to come to the show to just converse, to talk about things in the cleaning industry that can be healthy, positive, and proactive, help them move forward, and then keep sharing that information. Because I think this is what we're saying this morning, gentlemen, is we have to share our information and the cleaning industry doesn't do that. And, we, and I would, we, we're listeners. We're, we're doers. We do not share. And so the reason we started this podcast a few years ago is to get people to start sharing and talking. And so I appreciate that you did today. We would love for you to come back and do it again. Well, I, I appreciate that very much. And thank you. And I think one of the areas that I don't think you get your message out across is to a lot of churches, and maybe maybe you guys do, but I know I'm on my parish security committee, and of course churches are reopening due to COVID, 
and you hear all sorts of information. I've tried to inform my pastor about what I think should be the right product to use and what not to use, especially in making sure it doesn't damage the church pews and other things within the church. And, you know, someone told him to do this and, and use a water bait kind of a, a, a um, kind of a, a sprayer that you would use on your plants and bushes. You should use that to disinfect the church pews. And I'm like, you know, it's going to damage the pews. What, what's the, what is the, what's the effect that you're doing by simply spraying whatever chemical or whatever you're spraying on the, on the church pews? Is it going to do more damage in the long term? And is it really going to disinfect? So um, Joseph, do you, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. I would love some more information. If you, I would love to talk about that. I mean, um, I, I'm not an expert in cleaning other than cleaning my house, of course. Uh, but I think that's a that's an excellent point to raise because I think there are a lot of churches out there, you know, um, and I'm, I'm Catholic, so I come from that perspective. But I think a lot of churches, a lot of pastors, no matter what denomination they are, you know, are all trying to figure this out and trying to work towards making their facility safe for their congregation. And, I mean, I know I've, you know, tried to, to talk to my pastor a little bit, and I, you know, we, we've heard about these electrostatic um, kind of fogging machines, and I, we see them used. You know, I've seen them advertised and used. And uh, hotels are promoting that, and airlines are promoting that as here's one way that we do it. Um, and then you hear, of course, others say, "Oh, we're just going to get some sort of uh, liquid disinfectant solution. We're going to put a rag in it, and we're going to have members with a glove wipe out all the pews." Uh, others are saying use Lysol. It, we don't really know what is the best, <laughs> I, and we don't know what the best way is. And I think this might be a, a great topic for a show for you. Um, you know, and I know you mentioned you've got educational material, and maybe something to talk about. Here's our website with our educational material. I think it would be a great way to get out, the word out about that. To to what should parishioners do? I mean, most places have wooden type pews; they're not metal chairs. Um, and so, I'll tell you what, I got, there? I got, I got a suggestion. Sure. Uh, Friday morning, why don't you and I do a podcast, and uh, you and I can talk about that for a good hour. Um, this Friday morning, I can't. My my wife is going <laughs> on vacation, but I'm happy to do another day with you. Uh, Certainly, I'm very very happy to do another day with you. Um, and I can I can give you my information where we can kind of talk. And chat, or if there's a place that I can call you, do you have a website that I can go on and get your phone number and give you a call? And we Certainly. Can, we can set up a time to do that if, if it's okay with you. Oh, yeah, Joseph. Hey, uh, go to uh, the academyofcleaning.com, academyofcleaning.com. Uh, you'll see all of our courses. You'll see all of the information. Uh, I'm even going to give you my cell phone number here live on the air because, okay. you know, hey, it's, it's out there all the time. And you can send me a text message. I'd be glad to set up a show with you, and we'll talk about that subject specifically. And and then I'd be happy then let other people know about it. Sure, or we can and that's, really share the information with others. That's what I was just going to say. Share it out there. We'll pr uh, publish it out there, and we'll just have a good old conversation about it. Because you're not the first or the only one that's talked about this issue. So my my cell phone number to uh, get hold of me or to leave a text three two one three two one two zero five. Two zero five But I'm going to just kind of give you a quick one, Aaron. I know that you've been on here for an hour. Do you have some more time? Sure. 
Okay. Always for you, Dave. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> You're so accommodating, Aaron. Um, here's the issue. And this is, we just wrote a, co a course and we talked about this earlier in the show this morning, uh, cooperative cleaning. Now, the one that we just published is for schools specifically because of the issue of schools opening up here in the next four to six or eight or 10 weeks, whatever it may wind up to be. But the basis of the program is what I call um, basic, better, and best. And this is the three levels that we outlined in this, in this course. And the first thing I'm going to tell every facility on the planet is you need to start with the basics. And that is not spraying a chemical onto a surface. This is putting the product onto a wiper. So, Joe, what I'm going to tell you is the first thing that you should do at that church is whatever chemical it is, no matter what the chemical is, do not spray it on the surfaces. You put it onto the wiper and you wipe it. I did not say put it in a dip bucket. I'll talk more about that on our, our session. Okay. But the first thing that anybody can do this listening to this podcast is forget about what you've been doing because when you spray a product, whatever it is, you've now atomized it and now the worker is going to breathe it. As we said, this is about keeping people safe. And the first thing is in basic, basic information that we put out here at the academy is you've got to use the products correctly. So the pop-up wipes, I have no problem with them. That's delivering the product correctly. However, you have to read the directions. So my best advice, take a microfiber wiper, whatever it is, the better quality that you can buy, the better it is, and water. And clean with microfiber and water as frequently as you possibly can. That is my first, anybody can do that. It costs you virtually nothing other than the microfiber wiper and do it as often as you possibly can. And then we'll go into the rest of it. So, Joe, that's what I'm going to tell you. That's the first very basic thing that anybody can do on any surface anywhere on the planet. Okay, great. But get hold of me. I would really love to set something up with you. Aaron, you know, Joe and I was talking. We didn't give you much of a chance to even get in there. No, listen, I, that, was, that was great. I mean, it, it shows the power of this medium today to be able to inform and to create new avenues for, of knowledge. And what, what I find most attractive about it is it's going to be, it's, it's going to be good information. It's accurate information. So that, I, to me, that's, that's what this is all about, right? Getting, getting accurate information into the hands of people who can use it to make good decisions uh, and do the right thing. So more power to you guys. I think it's great. You know, Aaron, you and I started having these conversations over a year ago, and then I said, can you come on the podcast on a regular basis? And at the time, we were recording them and then coming on. And then whenever I threw this live podcast thing, you were like, what? <laughs> you remember those days? I do. Yep. <laughs> we had to work up to it. Uh, but, but, folks, this is exactly why. And, Aaron, thank you so much for being on the podcast and coming on a regular basis because – here we are six months later. Joe's now on the, on the phone with us. We're exchanging information, as you said, viable information. It's all about helping people. And, folks, this is what we really need you to do. And, and I really appreciate somebody that has good intention coming on 
Um, I will tell you, you know, we're very careful about who we're going to let talk with us on the air because we get some real, I'm going to say this word, crank pots <laughs> that are there just to make a dis disruption. And this is what society is. So thank you, Joe, for having something good and wise to talk about. And thank you. And I'll, I'll be sure I give you a call, Dave. And thank you, Aaron, also for letting me come on the, on the show today. Joe, it's a pleasure. Aaron, um, you know, the thing about it is with all of this, these issues that, that we've talked about this morning, um, it may sound like I, I have a negative here about all of this, but here's the one thing I want to, I want to close the show out from my side and then you can put in your two cents or $5 worth. You know, this is a great time because people are asking questions. And we have struggled for years to try to get people to listen to the message. And now people are asking, although we have all of this going on, um, quite honestly, for the cleaning industry, for infection prevention, for saving lives through environmental services, we could not be in a better time. Yeah, I agree. Uh there's nothing, uh, you know, we're going to come out of this different. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, again, you talk about history. You know, if you look back over history, every time there's been a pandemic, uh, it's changed our society. Mm -hmm. This will change. This will change society. Uh, I, for instance, uh, working from home is now going to become much bigger than we ever thought it was going to be. The, this old notion that oh, I can't let them work for home. I, I got to have them in the office. How do, how do I know they're working if I can't keep my eye on them and see them in the office? And all of a sudden, over the last three or four months, what have we proven? Hey, by golly, they can, they can sit at home and they can get the work done. Uh, matter, matter of fact, here's a, there's a funny one. I, uh, a guy I know in Massachusetts uh, was telling me that he's got some workers that are, he said, if I tried to bring them back to the company to work, he said, I'll lose them. I said, why is that? He said, because they live in uh, New Hampshire. And so by working at home, New Hampshire now becomes their, their place of uh, the place where they do their work. And he said, so when they had to come to the office here in Massachusetts, they had to pay Massachusetts state income tax. Now that they, now that they can work from home, they don't have to pay the state income tax. He said, if I, if I told them you got to come back to work, they'd quit because they don't want to pay the income tax. I said, well, that's, that's an interesting phenomenon. So we are going to be different. I'm hoping that one of the ways we're going to be different is we're now going to actually pay attention uh, to sort of, to, and I like, you know, basics, better, best. We're going to start paying attention to the basics again mm -hmm. and, and begin to remind ourselves that in, you talk about, you know, common sense, tribal knowledge, you know, when, when you came in from playing outside, and yes, back when I was a kid, you actually got to play outside. You know. <laughs> we weren't worried about all of that stuff we're worried about today. But when you came in from playing outside, what's the first thing your mom said to you? Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Right? Came in from outside, wash your hands. And it was just, and before supper, what, what did you do before lunch or before dinner? What did mom say? Before, before you reached for that sandwich on your plate or that fork for supper time, what did mom, you washed your hands? Mm -hmm. No, get upstairs and get them washed, right? You don't come to the dinner table with dirty. Well, we knew that, right? Mm -hmm. We knew it. 
And then right. we developed a fast food culture and they wrapped it in paper for us or they wrapped it in cellophane. So our hands didn't really have to touch it. And we thought that was okay. And we're beginning to discover, you know what? There's some basics here that you just really need to adhere to folks. And yeah, I think this makes a great deal of sense. Um, I know this has been helpful for me because we're, we've been told already it's cooperative cleaning when we go back at Bradley here in a few weeks. And, uh, I mean, this has been helpful for me because that's the first thing I'm going to do is tell the students, okay, you know, grab the wipe. That's fine. Here's, here's the spray bottle of water. Rinse the surface off. Well, and this is why we developed the course, Aaron, because this is the challenge that we're going to be in. And, and you know, to your point, you know, what's interesting about uh, some of the protocols that the CDC just came out with here this week, which everybody's trying to keep <laughs> up with them. But what was interesting is now they're saying, ventilation open the windows i have yep. been preaching open the freaking windows in the building for 20 yep. years airflow and now it's like well this is what we should be doing closed environments closed buildings are creating this this biological pea soup that we're breathing um i'm gonna get on another rant aren't i no you, I, I think you should, i mean if for what it's <laughs> worth um you know because we were concerned about you know we were watching that issue too um because we are obviously in, in closed buildings. Uh, but to this thing that we're going through right now, I came across, a, a, I was curious about this. So I actually started looking some stuff up and try again, trying to stay with research. So some, some Korean scientists set up some traps to, just to catch viruses and bacteria floating in the air uh -huh. in Seoul, in the, in, in the city of Seoul, in an industrial complex and in a forest. And, here, and here's their estimates, because I just find this fascinating, all right? In each cubic meter of air, there are between 1.6 million and 40 million viruses in a cubic meter of air. In each cubic meter of air, there are between 860,000 and 11 million bacteria. Now, given that we breathe roughly one one hundredth cubic meters of air each minute, if you just go with that basic calculation, that means we breathe in a few hundred thousand viruses every minute. <laughs> and here's the scary part. Half of the viruses that they trapped didn't match any known virus species. Right. I knew you were going to say that. I saw the same study. So, you know, you begin to think about that and you begin to realize we can do everything we want to. But at the end of the day, we're still breathing this stuff in. And, and that goes back to, you know, the whole notion of this herd immunity that you, you said it, right? That the human body has to have a certain amount of bacteria or we're not going to survive, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Right. You know, it's it's trying to cut through all the noise that's out there and get people to understand that you you plug the thing up, you you get the airtight seal. Good luck with that, because well, now you're just recycling. It's the same thing, by the way. You're exactly right. It's the same thing with the masks, isn't it? You know, people are, are breathing in their own carbon monoxide. I tell people, I, I mean, my son and I flew out to, to Oregon uh, in May and had to wear the mask on the plane for like a four hour plane ride. I told him, I said, you know, after the first hour, my breath was no longer appealing to me anymore. You know, I mean, I, 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 I am now, I, they might as well just sort of mainline uh, Altoid mints for me anytime I got to wear a mask because you got to do something in, inside there for crying out loud. Joseph, you know, I got to say, I got to say, thank you for being on. I see that you need to go. We appreciate that. I just sit, uh, typed in my uh, email address, drop me a line. Um, 
if you if we can't get together next week, I'm going to be on vacation uh, the last week of the month. My wife uh, turned 60, so I'm going off with her. Anyway, uh, please get in touch with me. Um, but you're right, Aaron. You know, this is the thing. We, we've, we've got to go back to some of these things and, and really think about this. Um, airtight buildings are not the way it needs to be. You know, we, we know that the building has us. I mean, if you cook inside, the odors linger. Yep. Open up the door, open up the windows. You know, I live in a motor coach, so we t I turn the vent on. Yep. Even if I'm not opening windows, I turn the vent on to vent things out. Um, there, but this goes back to health. I mean, this is what we're really yep. talking about. You know, if That's you're right. healthy, if you keep yourself healthy, what are we doing to keep ourselves healthy? Uh, why is it better they're finding out, well, they're telling people, go outside. Why yep. is outside better than inside for the very reason you and I are talking? That's right. And you got, you got, uh, we've, again, how many times, right? Fresh air. We were kids growing up. Why'd we open the windows? Hey, you got to get some fresh air in the house. Isn't it interesting, by the way, that we use that word fresh air? We knew the other air was stale. <laughs> we, we, right? We knew the air in the home was stale. So we got to get some fresh air. It, it kind of tells us what we should have done. It's kind of like what I, you know, when I go to this, like, if they tell you on the information on the product, do not rinse, what are they really trying to tell you? That you should rinse. Yeah. Come on. I mean, do you, I mean, does everything have to be spelled out in every single letter? Um, you know, I didn't even get a chance today to talk about the differences between cleaning and sanitation and disinfection. And folks, oh, yeah. if you've been listening to this, I never said anywhere in our over our conversation today, Aaron, I then never said not to disinfect. Right. Disinfection should be used. It has its place. But cleaning, folks, is the thing that you should be doing as often as you can, every day, all the time. And as I told Joe on the air live, <laughs> water in a microfiber is one of our best tools, our best things that everybody can be doing. Um, well, what do we call water too, right? The universal solvent. Universal cleaning agent. You know, I had a go, go look at go look at the Grand. You don't think water is the universal solvent? Go look at the Grand Canyon. Oh yeah, take, it'll take destroy look, anything. Take a, look, take a look what flowing water will do to rot. For crying well, out loud. What, what does water do to steel? Look at some of the buildings yeah. in Detroit. Yeah, exactly. Right. Look I at mean, what water basic does. Stuff. Basic stuff that we all need to know, and yet. You know, we, we let ourselves get snowed under a pile of information and think, okay, this is the, you know, I see, you're talking about health. I see it with the, the food industry. Oh, yeah. You know, for a while there, for a while there, again, you and I are old enough to remember, butter is bad, use margarine. Hey, forget that margarine stuff, go back to butter because it's natural and, and turns out that that stuff's actually good for you. And you go back and forth and back and forth. And, and after a while, people just say, you know, I don't know what, who, what to believe. I remember reading an article years ago about the guy who came up with the test that they use for how much of a product is considered cancerous. And he got in trouble because he actually wrote a piece and he said, you guys are misusing my test because you're, you're shooting lab rats up with like, you know, broccoli has a chemical that can cause cancer. But in order to, to do that, you'd have to eat roughly uh, a truckload of, of broccoli a day for a year in order to get that much. And so he, right. he was upset because of what they were doing. But well, the reporter asked him, well, you're the guy who came up with the test. You're the scientist who came up with this. What do you tell people? 
And he said, probably the best advice is, is what your mother said, everything in moderation and eat your vegetables. You know, <laughs> and you just think, so, so here's a guy, right, with, with years of scientific knowledge and expertise, the guy who came up with the test, and you say, well, what do you tell people? Well, you know, everything in moderation and eat your vegetables. That's probably right. good advice, right? Yeah. Wash your hands, uh, get some fresh air in the house. I mean, the things that we're talking about here, it's not rocket science. No. But it's, it goes back to your issue of, of the need for to, to remind people that, you know, if you take care of your health, um, one of my colleagues works with a local hospital group here in Peoria, and we were talking about the, you know, the impact of COVID on the community. And, and he said they're tracking it like everybody's tracking it. But he said the thing that's very fascinating about it is he said um, 98% of the deaths from COVID always have a comorbidity. It's not COVID that's killing them. It's something else. It's plus mm-hmm. COVID. Right. 98% of the deaths... And I said, and so what, what I, I tell people now is I, is at, after he shared that with me, I said, you know what I'm taking with a lot from a lot of this information that we're seeing a lot of these statistics on the internet, we are a very unhealthy population. I was just going to say that it shows us our vulnerability. Yeah. Because we are so vulnerable. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, if, if you took care of your health, ate right, slept right, drink the water, all the things, the basic stuff that you've known ever since you were a kid. If we did that, you reduce the comorbidity. So you get COVID-19, what are you going to do? Yeah, you're going to get a bad flu. Mm-hmm. It's not going to kill you. Right. And, and, and I think that that's, that's a great point, Aaron. You know, yeah. this is the thing is, is you're, you know, and then you, go, of course, you've got the people go the other side of it. They say, well, I'm going to die of something. So what the heck? And yeah. they throw caution to the wind. Of course, you've yeah. got that side of every coin. Yep. But I think to your point is, well, you know what I also want to say, because I like to talk about the positive things. This is bringing about a different sense of family, a different sense of community, a different sense all the way around. And um, we, you know, I I told somebody the other day, I I said, this is like a system reboot on the computer. This is society's reboot. Reboot. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to use that and give you credit for it. I like that. That's, That's a great fine. line. But it is. I mean, it, it, we, we, are, we are in the middle of a reboot. Yep. Um, we don't know when we start the computer back up what it's actually going to be like because we're not started back up. We, you know, we know many states right now that, that started and are falling back and may go back to closed up again. We don't yep. know. Uh, how many times do we have to restart the computer before the updates are completely done? Uh, it's been a long time since we rebooted the computer of society and put in new software and said, okay, <clears throat> this is what you did just because you've been, and it's been running for the last 10 years. Doesn't mean this is what's now. So back to your point, yep. the at home work, uh, yep. working from home, the wearing a mask, using soap and water every time that you go into a facility, you know, uh, if people ask, well, you know, what about, and I said, you know, use instant hand sanitizer for the purpose that it was meant if it's not available, but every school has soap right. and water available. Right. So my protocol was the minute you walk into the building, you wash your hands with soap and water, go to the restroom. Then you do, it. you know, if you go into a restaurant, folks, don't go sit down. I don't care if they want you to, I'm going to go wash my hands with soap and water and then I'll be seated. Some right. of this, we have to take responsibility on our own selves, Aaron. Yep. Yep. That's absolutely true. 
That's absolutely true. Aaron, we have talked for over an hour, but hey, you know, we don't have an absolute time frame. It's been a That's great right. conversation this morning. Always enjoy it, Dave. So, uh, hey, you know what? I gave out my information on the air today. Aaron, how can people get hold of you if they want to talk more? Um, best way is through my university website, uh, website university email, uh, which is <laughs> AAB, like Alpha Alpha Bravo, AAB at Bradley.edu. Um, Always happy to, to chat with folks and, and share ideas and, and do what we can to try to help uh, help out. So I know that you like to make a yearly trip to Disney and Disney is opening up again. How soon? Um, we're booked for December. Well, maybe the, by then we'll uh, be at another stage. Gee, I hope so. Um, that would be uh, that would be much appreciated. And uh, by the way, now that I'm thinking of, of it too, uh, you know, same rule when we're down there. If you want to uh, do this live together, let me know. I'll oh, gosh, and, uh, I'll set aside yeah. some time. Gosh, definitely, so, Aaron. Uh, you know that I always want to do that. Uh, you know, we're not going to conferences, and I don't get to see you that way. So yes, if, yeah. if you're in my town and we are going, I will set aside the time. Yep, we're booked for uh, December, and I think we're going to be booking March here pretty soon, spring break. So, well, let me know when that is, and I'll uh, clear okay. a day on my calendar to be with you. Super. Look forward to it, Dave. It's been a great conversation today, folks. We appreciated Joe coming on the line and talking with us live on the air. We encourage anybody that is listening either to a live or a recorded session. We do these podcasts all the time. Just bookmark us on here at Podbean Live. We, uh, you know, whenever somebody's got something to share, just like we talk with Joe, if you got something to share and want to talk about, we'll get on the air and we'll talk with you. You know, that's what this is all about here at Podbean Live with the Academy of Cleaning on our show, Beyond Clean with Ace. We are sponsored by Jim Supply, who is a supplier of cleaning goods. They've been improving lives with cleaning supplies since 1930. We appreciate their sponsorship and allowing us the time to do this. If you're in, well, You've been listening to this. We talk about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. Make sure you follow those three words. We'd love to talk with you the next time. Like and share what we do here. And by all means, go to academyofcleaning.com. See all of our courses. Connect with us. Aaron, thanks for being on the show. We'll talk to you next month. Always a pleasure, Dave. Look forward to it.